Angela Nath contracted Lyme disease in 2018, the very same year she placed eighth at the Ironman World Championships in Kona, Hawaii. What? Do you know what that means? She swam 2.4 miles, then got on a bike and rode for 112 miles, and then ran for 26.2 miles. Not kilometers. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to Angela. Angela's chosen sport is Ironman competitions all around the world. Ironman triathlons are among the world's most grueling races, where competitors swim, bike, and run hundreds of kilometers over several hours. And Angela Nath is one of the best in the country at it, despite having Lyme. She's an inspiration, born and bred in Prince George, and she joins us from her home now in Massachusetts. Welcome to our podcast, Angela. Hi, yes. Thank you so much for um, inviting me. I'm honored. I understand you grew up in Prince George. I did, yes. Um, yes, I was there for <laughs> many years. <laughs> I guess half my life. <laughs> Is that where you started getting involved in the Ironman competitions? Um, somewhat. I did my first triathlon about four hours uh, west of Prince George. I was just wanting to stay active after... Um, college and university. And so that's when I got the bug and uh, just kind of traveled and found the sun ever since. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I definitely want to hear about that. But I, I do want to hear about your experience with Lyme because uh, for myself, I can only imagine how hard it would be to compete at that level, um, having survived what you've gone through. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind. I was diagnosed a few years ago and you know, you go through all these different types of treatment protocols and you feel really good for a while. And unfortunately, none of them have really truly lasted. Um, so you kind of go through these ups and downs. And so I'm trying to maneuver my way through some of that and learning as I go. And it's, it's a huge learning curve and process to figure out how to treat Lyme. It's very complicated. Um, so I've, I've been through quite a bit. <laughs> In terms of that, for sure. Yeah, and you've been, you know, I really salute you for your bravery and being so transparent in what you're going through. And, uh, you know, I, I saw that you'd written a quote or you'd found a quote about that fighting uh, is a mindset and life is an outcome, healing is a choice. And that had really resonated for you. And I, I really, I really, it resonated for me as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, you, uh, like I was saying, you go through so many ups and downs and and confusion and, and, and not knowing how to get better. It's, um, it's really being your own self-advocate for things and, and fighting for what you believe in. You know, when I first was trying to diagnose myself, I went to so many different doctors and it was just, it was so difficult because everyone, because I was the epitome of health on paper, but, and, but yet I was dying inside. And so really having to keep pushing and, 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 and prodding basically. And, um, being strong inside mentally, no matter what's happening um, externally or within your own body is, is, is a huge asset, I think. Truly. And I mean, it really does affect all parts of your life. And, you know, for myself, I've kind of referred to just like pushing through the pain, you know, whether it was like getting out of bed to make it to work another day. Um, but, you know, I think in, in your case, too, pushing through that pain of competing 
Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I love competing. I love racing and I love the mind, body, spirit connection when you're racing. Cause it really is truly the epitome of what life is to me, I guess, because you really have to put it all together to create a magical performance. And, um, it's, uh, it's an amazing feat when you can do that or when you have the opportunity to do that. Um, so then when you put that on top of, of kind of dealing with Lyme, when your body is not able to perform or do an act that you really, really want it to do, um, it puts on another whole, um, complication to it and, uh, level of, of, of finding an inner peace with it, I guess you could say. <laughs> Absolutely. What have you learned through sports psychology and how have you applied that to your training and your competing? Yeah, the biggest thing I think is 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 finding specific small things every day. You never kind of want to look too far long term because, you know, things change so quickly and even with Lyme and how things go about in my life and and what I've what I've experienced, um it's all about what you can do today. And I know it sounds possibly cliché, but it really is like if you can start your day by by one simple task of making your bed, um, you know, really outlining the goals and tasks that you want to kind of complete today. Those days, those small little things add up each and every single day to being the person you want to be. Um, you know, I, I've noticed not only sports psychology, but, you know, the whole the whole idea of being grateful is a huge asset um, for anyone. And so I went through um, a number of months of of just writing down what I'm grateful for every day, especially when it was days where I couldn't get out of bed. Um, you know, you, you, you go from running marathons to not being able to walk and it's hard to, hard to see the positivity in life sometimes. Um, so kind of aligning that together. And one of the biggest things that I've learned with, I, so I've worked with a sports psychologist for, uh, five years actually on and off. And, um, it's really finding, finding, um, a mantra has been super helpful for me. So when I did my race in Kona, actually Ironman world championships, the words I am strong kind of stuck out and, and letting go of, um, of, of outcome was huge and a huge asset for me. And I, I I take that every day, you know, some days I don't know what I'm going to get in my body, nor do I know what's going to happen. And so if, if, if I kind of let go of that outcome, it allows me to live a bit more and, and take each day as it comes and, and, you know, make those small little gains, like I was saying. And when I was doing the race, the words, I am strong came into my mind and I said it over and over and over again. And so sometimes when I'm, you know, when it's quite difficult and, and things aren't going good um, or well, I, I, I find a mantra and I, I just repeat it to myself um, over and over again. And, and it definitely helps. I mean, it's, uh, it helps. <laughs> Do you think you've experienced some post-traumatic growth through all of this? Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, yeah, my mom, like, um, it kind of reminds me just as you say that my mom went through cancer, my dad went through cancer. And when you go through those experiences, you know, a lot of things hit home. And um, one of the basic things for me going through this experience and still going through it is, uh just the gratefulness, as I was saying, of having a healthy body and being able to do what you can do. Um, you know, you, you start not taking things for granted so much. You, you, you wake up uh, realizing how precious things are. Um, I think it happens when there's a death or a closeness family member um, or anything like that. I just had 
um, uh, an acquaintance pass away actually. And, and all those little things hit you. And, and especially when, um, your health is gone and you're not able to really fully function. Um, and then you get these small glimmers of hope. It's, uh, something to really hold on to. What has fear taught you and how do you face fear? Fear has taught me that it's all in my mind. You know, a lot of it is, um, holding me back. So fear, so fear is a way of, of holding me back. So one of my biggest things I find is, you know, like all of us have goals, all of us have desires and things that we want in life and, you know, fear and worry and concern, doubt, all that stuff kind of changes how we see ourselves being able to achieve that. And the mindset that kind of has me going is, you know, you just have to see what you got. Like if you, if you truly want to try something or do something or um, see what happens, you have to have a mindset of letting go. And so I found that if I could let my fear go away, and I know that sounds difficult at times and it is, um, but it's truly finding this, this peace with the outcome because fear is always based on something in the future, fear of what could happen, the worry of what could happen. And so practicing every day of letting go um, is, is kind of the mindset that you need to do to, to create less fear in your life. And, and it starts with the little things, like I was saying, like uh, sometimes if you're fearful, I don't know, of, of jumping in cold water, like, like taking the steps toward that and, and really focusing on saying, okay, I'm going to just going to see what I have today. And, um, you know, going through Lyme and the process of all that. And sometimes I'm not able to run and it's really difficult. And I, I, I'm fearful to go outside and try it because it's, it's not a fun experience. And, you know, it's very, it's very emotional and painful. And, um, but I, I've, I've learned that if I can just let go of outcome, okay, so my outcome is just to get outside and, and enjoy the fresh air and take a few steps. And so breaking things down, I think, is the biggest thing as well to create goals and, and, and um, potential outcomes that you want, um, r- rather than have them all kind of shut down because of the fear. Yeah. As you speak, I'm reminded of, I worked with a great family doctor who actually taught me self-hypnosis. And he taught me, you know, really a meditative process to separate myself from my pain and observe my pain, if that makes sense to you. And I found that really helped me get through, you know, the hardest times. Oh, definitely. Um, I've never tried that, but I'm quite intrigued. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. It it uh, was, you know, maybe we'll get him on to have a conversation about that because it was really helpful for me for sure. Um, do you have a new awareness about Lyme that impacts how you behave in the outdoors now? Oh, yes. I, I used – so I'm not from Massachusetts, and that's where I live. I mean, I obviously grew up in Canada, and I, I live – I lived and played in the woods uh, my entire life. And Yes, we do have ticks, but I never really saw them or experienced them in my childhood. Um, but here in Massachusetts, there's ticks everywhere. And when I first moved over here, uh, my boyfriend and I would take our dogs uh, for a lot of walks. And we'd come back and there would be ticks. And I just, I never put two and two together. I never knew anything about Lyme. I've heard, I heard about it, but I never really knew the devastation it could, <laughs> it could bring to someone. Um, so I was, I, I was very... Um, I mean, I would see the ticks and I would get rid of them, but I never really was um, preparing myself to be out in the woods um, 
with the realization that you could get a tick bite. And so now we take our dogs still for walks, but they come home, they get in the bathtub right away. We bathe them. Our clothes come off us right away. I, I don't necessarily go out leisurely in really thick woods anymore. Um, I like to mountain bike sometimes. And so all the clothing that I do for mountain biking and stuff goes right into the wash right away. I shower. Um, you know, it's it, it's really a matter of of making sure you're covered when you're out there. And so I, I never kind of have bare skin anymore when I'm in the woods and stuff. Um, and it's just an overall cautious attitude um, when you are um, in nature here. Several other professional athletes have been really open about their experience with Lyme and its impact on their athletic careers. I know Canadian triathlete Kirsten Sweetland has been open about her experience. And American athlete Elena Della Don, who played in the WNBA, she wrote a heartbreaking letter to her fans last July. Have you had the opportunity to connect with other professional athletes with Lyme? Um, I did reach out to Kristen at one point, and we briefly put back and forth some emails and stuff. Um, and then there's another gal, I can't remember her name, she went through some, some Lyme stuff as well. But it's all such an individual treatment that <laughs> it was more of kind of a support, a support email. Um, but because I'm quite open with all that I go through and I'm very, um, active in a lot of Lyme communities on Facebook and, um, I would go to some races and people would come to me or, or I would get emails as well. And they would tell me that, you know, they're, that they're triathletes, they're trying to deal with this, you know, asking for some advice or, um, it's just nice to be able to connect on a different level. I don't think people who have never experienced Lyme really truly understand what it's like to have Lyme. Um, so just to have someone else that's kind of in that process or going through that process has been huge for myself. And I hope for them, you know, um, seeing that there are glimmers of hope out there, there's, there's a chance to never give up. And, um, you know, it brings me back to the story of my last Ironman. I was I was in a pretty good spot. And um, I mean, I, I'm never 100%, but I'm hoping I will be. Um, but I was racing uh, Ironman Chattanooga and I did a press conference thing. And and one of the athletes came up to me. He he was an older guy and he was going to do his first Ironman and he was diagnosed with Lyme. And we were kind of talking and um, I ended up winning the race and it just inspired him so much because during the race, he could hear that. And he told me this after, and it just, it was, it was, it was kind of like we were collectively racing together because mm. it gave him hope that like, you know, he can keep pushing, pushing through all this, you know? And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it's always nice when you get to meet people, um, especially within the sporting community and athletic community, um, that really are going through this as well. That's amazing. And supporting each other through it. Yeah, I mean, just like competition, the battle with Lyme, it's so very solitary and you have to really find a way to rely on yourself. How does your body respond when you push it too hard? Does it take a long time to recover? Yeah, it all depends where I'm at in treatment. And so if I'm not on antibiotics or I'm in a kind of a phase where, you know, things are kind of kind of not working well, um, it does take a lot more time to recover. Some of the times I would go out for a run and if I ran pretty hard or, or was able to run pretty hard, the next few days are very, very tough. Um, I'm not able to run again <laughs> for a couple of days, um, but it, it just depends what my body's doing. Um, you know, right now I'm kind of in between treatments. I'm trying some new stuff um, and 
running's difficult. And so I, I remind it, it's, it just takes a lot more recovery, um, especially with the running itself, the weight bearing stuff. Riding and swimming is a very different thing. And I think it's actually very valuable to continue to move, especially with Lyme, because it helps with the detox. It just, it's, it's a massive health improvement. And um, I find that the movement and swimming and biking aren't as bad on the body mm-hmm. comparatively how I feel anyway, um, when I run. Um, so it's, it's really the balance I have to try to find. Uh, unfortunately, um, I mean, well, I guess fortunately, COVID was throughout this whole year. And so there was no racing. And so I did some, some really strong treatments. Um, they seem to be working, but I might, I still am positive for Lyme and Bartonella and the way that my doctor has come. Um, I've searched high and low for a lot of doctors that you have to, to treat Bartonella first and foremost before you can treat Lyme. And so we're kind of back to going back on a few different treatment plans right now. So it's really, um, it's a process. <laughs> yes, it is. Do you have any goals for 2021 concerning either Lyme disease or your racing? Or, I mean, it's really just life, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I have a, a slot and a ticket to Ironman World Championships in October. So that's really my main focus as an athlete. My goal, I have 10 months to, to put my best foot forward, I guess. Um, I'm actually doing a bit, uh, some, some more treatments. Um, I'm going on a really strong antibiotic protocol um, again uh, with a little bit of different tweaks because I have found success with that. Um, and I'm actually headed uh, to do some hyperthermia treatment, which is uh, quite new. Um, and then looking at also an S... Um, SOT or SOT therapy. So I've really done a lot of research in terms of of what's next to kind of help us. That's great. Well, we're going to be cheering you on the whole way long. So have the best 2021. Uh, Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Angela Nath is a competitive triathlete who also has Lyme. I'm so impressed by her perseverance, her determination, and ultimately the mindset that she's developed. So inspiring to hear her story. That is another episode of Looking at Lyme. I'm your host, Sarah Cormode, and we thank you for listening to our podcast. Stay safe in the outdoors. Mm-hmm.